0: Welcome to the Power Platform Show. Thanks for joining me today. I hope today's guest inspires and educates you on the possibilities of the Microsoft Power Platform. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Denver, Colorado, in the USA. He's a global power platform lead at Illumin Technologies. He's a technologist by day and a composer by all the time. He's a, also a great Lego fan. So we'll unpack that in a moment. You can find his link to his bio, socials, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to have you on the show. Tell me what you do composing-wise.
1: Yeah, so I think kind of getting back to composing after being gone from for a long time, but that's originally went to school for audio engineering mm-hmm. and for composing and spent a lot of years working especially in the electronic space and doing a lot of ambient work. And that's kind of what I'm starting to kind of get back
0: to. So ambient work, tell me about that.
1: So when kind of thinking back to like what Brian Eno has done or kind of some of the I'm trying to think of who other, you know, kind of contemporaries of that. But what I do is refer to as a sonic colorism. Mm-hmm. And so I've worked with other artists where what I do is I take samples – of like an instrument, just they're playing the instrument. And then we then we create kind of this sonic template wow. from those individual sounds. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Wow, wow, interesting. Tell me about food, family, and fun. Those things that you do when you're kind of not composing or not working, what do they mean to you?
1: Well, so our family's small, and my son, he's neurodiverse. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of changes your dynamic on food. So uh, I say recently our big journey has been on uh, homemade pizza Mm -hmm. and learning how to how to do that and do it properly. That's been a lot of fun. Nice. So, yeah. And I think, you know, we live here in Colorado and I've heard people kind of compare New Zealand Mm -hmm. and Colorado in terms of just like all of the biomes and everything. So we like to spend a lot of time here kind of just, you know moving around we this last summer we started getting into Mm paddleboarding and uh yeah so that's been a lot of fun to do so we've been spending our time doing that and then we're a big lego family as you said uh, earlier yeah so so we spend a lot of time doing that and uh we i'd say you know fun fun wise uh, my son's actually in uh parkour Mm. and so i spend i spend a lot of time at the parkour gym watching so i think i'm uh I'm living vicariously through, uh, through what he's doing. Wow.
0: wow! just on the paddle boarding, cause it's something I'm considering taking up myself being that I've got water all around me as in, I live right on the coast and on one side I've got an inlet Harbor, which uh, is quite flat. How, how long at a time would you spend out an hour, two hours on the board, you know, as in for your core strength and things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that was we were kind of surprised. We didn't know, you know, what it was gonna be like. So that first time out, I think we were a little cautious. My son had already actually taken lessons, so you know, he's out paddle buying, you know, paddling by us and mm-hmm. he's doing, you know, downward dog and everything to kind of mm-hmm. show off. And uh so we <laughs> we got out and we were actually kinda of surprised at you take a few dunks the first few times. Yeah. And then, you know, we found ourselves, you know, generally out there for Couple hours at a time because it's just it's so relaxing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last question on panel boarding: Do you have a hard board or do you have one that you compressed air blow up?
1: Yeah, we have the uh, inflatables, mm-hmm. but now that we've we've done it, we, I think we're all thinking hard boards would be really nice to have. Nice,
0: nice, nice. So tell me about Lumen Technologies.
1: Yeah. So we are, we're a fiber provider and uh, uh, across the world. And so, you know, we have you know, deep sea connections, mm-hmm. we're North America, uh, EMEA, and we have a lot of our counterparts as well who are in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're also a technology company. So we're, and we're a company that really embraces change yeah. and embraces new technology. So that's, that's kind of one of the exciting things about working at Lumen.
0: What took you on the journey to the power platform?
1: You know, I think it occurred out of necessity. Mm -hmm. It was an area that hadn't really been looked after. And I came from the SharePoint side. So from there, it kind of was like, well, this this is kind of falling into our area. Um, And it makes a lot of sense to to kind of look at this and see what's going on. When I look at back, like what our journey was, I I was looking, you know, when was our first app created and was uh, back in 2017 Mm -hmm. and that was my app. So (laughs) I realized that we were like, okay, this is, this is something, but, but then we kind of looked at how it ramped up. And so what happened was, you know, our team was primarily responsible for SharePoint, then the, then the SharePoint online, Mm -hmm. you know, conversion that we did. And then we started to look at, okay we have all of these assets here, you know, and how can we now start to get our arms around them? And I think, you know, one of the first things was we were looking at it saying, we have all these connectors in place and what do we do? How do we approve these? How do we make sure that people are being safe? And I think that was kind of the point where it's was like, all right, we need to actually start looking at... Power Platform mm-hmm. as a whole, mm-hmm. and it, even just starting from the governance aspect from it before anything else. That's, that's kind of how we got started
0: there. So it's interesting you said you're in the SharePoint team because one of the discussions I often have with organizations is should, if they decide to go down a pathway of Power Platform, should the lead of the Power Platform and the team that then gets developed un- under that role, should they reside within IT or be adjacent to IT? I know there's a lot of crossover, but do you see it as a team that is, you know, should be bedded specifically into IT? Or do you think it should be, in your experience, adjacent to IT? And what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's that's an interesting question because I don't know that it's an either or. I think that there's the technology understanding of it mm-hmm. and what's happening there in terms of supporting it. And so I think that that is still very much an IT function. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, you're looking at, so what is your what's your security, you know, what's your governance around it, who is your center of excellence? So who's that COE, mm-hmm. but then who is your champions group? And then who are your stakeholders? And then I think that's side they all come from different areas within the organization. Yeah. So I, I really think it's a marriage of, of all of those.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Tell me, you know, just, it'll be of interest to the the listeners. 2017 was your first app development. How many apps are you up to now? Internally?
1: Yeah, we're about 4,500 apps okay. um, internally.
0: And yeah. automations using Power Automate as well?
1: We are just around 9,000 9, uh, as well. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So that, that gives a sense of scaling. And then the other number I'm interested in is what's the size of your maker community now internally? Your citizen developer, your business developer?
1: So our, our maker community, and that's one of the things that I just love so much, we're around 2,000 makers. Wow! Um, currently at, at Lumen, yeah, and uh, those are active makers, and then they're also ones who are who are actively involved in our community. Mm-hmm. So we've got a, we've got a good size uh, a, a good size community that really just keeps growing.
0: Incredible! And all up, your company headcount? We are. Oh, I want to say I think we're around
1: thirty six thousand right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So it just give some percentages and scaling of what you have going. Incredible. So what's your role? What's your role now? So I'm.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the uh, I'm the global power platform lead at Lumen, mm-hmm. and so and that but it it encompasses a lot of uh, a lot of areas uh, right now as we kind of grow the team and and learn how to how to make everything
0: work. Mm-hmm. What's involved
1: in your role? So we you know kind of starting at the admin side, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you know that that daily care and feeding, and then kind of you know. Moving through that, making sure that, you know, we're doing things like monitoring the COE, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, you know, what's happening within our environment, looking at that, you know, looking at areas that, that we, you know, should maybe be more concerned about or thinking of. And I think that's, you know, something about this role is that you, you never stop thinking about ways that you can do things better. Yeah. Yeah. So from like the administration and the governance side, you know. Where I think it's, especially as, as you're in conversation with other people, you start to realize, okay, oh, I didn't think about that. Mm, and that's mm, a really mm, kind mm. of great thing. So it's like, you know, like a list of notes of things like, okay, we want to, you know, we want to get these in place. Um, and we want to think about that. So there's that side. And then it's also the intake process of looking at what other people, what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I hold office hours four days a week. Okay. And uh, so it's two two half-hour sessions each day. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the people who can come in and they can ask questions, you know, Power Automate or, you know, Power Apps primarily. Yep. We don't work a lot with Power BI mm-hmm. um, on that side. And so I'm able to kind of work with them from either, you know, questions or architecture standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we're able to kind of Give guidance, and then we see those those people kind of they go off and then they become part of our community as well and then um, I get to lead the uh, the lumen makers mm-hmm. and so that's kind of our monthly that's our monthly meetup um, nice. and yeah, so we it's really really cool. We get to talk about you know like here's what's happened in the last month mm-hmm. and we always kind of recap a little bit of you know here's what's happening in our space. You know, here are things to look at. Mm -hmm. I always kind of remind people of like, hey, security, 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 you know, watch your data, those type of things. But then the best part is that we have each month someone from the community presents. Mm -hmm. So they're showing what they're doing. They're, you know, kind of using it as the use case. And then they're showing also behind the scenes what they did. So, you know, we kind of have that that full impact so it's not us it's not me showing you know hey i did this and kind of boring people to death each month mm-hmm. um so we're we're it we really are we're you know we're encouraging people to learn from others um and then they also feel more comfortable and more emboldened to kind of engage in the community and people start answering the questions and and it's that uh, it's so that's kind of my my day-to-day and then you know we do training um as well in communications so
0: okay so this is very interesting. Can you just give me a rundown? Is that monthly meeting you have about an hour long or less or what? what's it? Yeah. And, and what, yeah, we, what we, does uh, it look like from a schedule wise? As in, what's your run sheet look like for that?
1: Yeah, so it's about a 50 minutes mm-hmm. um, uh, each month. And we kind of start off each year. So this is our second year in mm-hmm. this. I try to have a theme, kind of just kick things off. So last year was Lego. Which nice. you know made sense. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this year is um, is actually uh, basically quotes from uh, from musicians, mm-hmm. and it's always like okay, so this is something about creativity, thinking process, things like that. So that's kind of how we kick it off. Is always just you know, and a little background on uh, on the subject, mm-hmm. and then from there we kind of go in and we we give what we call the uh, state of the platform. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, hey, here's how many makers we have, here's how many flows, here's how many apps. Nice. Um, which also always leads us into, don't forget to clean up after yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's that idea we're trying to be, you know, we're trying to be good stewards of our tenant. Then we'll kind of cover, you know, things that have happened um, over the last month, um, uh, you know, in terms of releases or something that, mm-hmm. that we feel is, you know, particularly useful for someone Mm -hmm. and then might even just do a quick tech demo around that. Nice. And then from there, we'll, then we open it up for the presentation, which is really the, that's kind of the, the, the main part um, of that time. Uh, And then we open that up for Q and A and then we wrap it up. Nice. It usually happens around 50 minutes or so. And we have, you know, anywhere from lately, it's been about anywhere from 110 to 150 people attending uh, when we host it yeah
0: and are they so in person or, or, remote?
1: or All either.
0: remote or remote awesome and mm-hmm. is your um your makers are uh, geographically how dispersed are they?
1: They are all over um you know i i, I say that we're we almost follow the sun wow. um in term of, in terms of our makers from mm-hmm. so from you know west coast north America. Um, all the way to we um, actually have someone in Australia. Wow, uh, awesome! Who, who's making? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's uh, it's really cool to see.
0: Is the the structure and how you you know um, form your structure? How much does it align with your organizational structure, or is it totally independent of that? And what I'm talking about is <clears throat> as you have people in different locations, do you, is it just a purely a flat structure? Every, all those makers come up to you or have you created any kind of sub teams based on um you know there might be a folks that are just focused on hr within the business or or a supply chain or another you know how is your teams forming your maker teams
1: so has been almost um an organic approach mm-hmm. um, because our team is is still small so we don't have that ability yet to um uh, to kind of create those those um, those areas to guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see, you know, we see HR, we see our field operations groups, um, and uh, you know, some of our our government groups and those they they have their own space, mm-hmm. um, and they have they've taken leadership, they've taken ownership of those environments. Nice. Um, and so that's kind of we've we've empowered them to do that with with the guardrails. Mm, mm, um, and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the the most important part is, is having those guardrails in place, but then being able to kind of support them. So, you know, our idea is that if you own that environment and you're doing the work, mm-hmm. but then you may also have kind of a distributed team on that side, then we're expecting you to kind of answer those questions from that group and then come to us with, you know, what you can't you know, what you can't answer or what you can't seem to yeah. um, to figure out at the time.
0: <clears throat> so you talked about coming to us. So I take it you and there's a team of you that your full-time job is a power platform rather than, you know, you doing other things plus a power platform. Is that, Would that be right?
1: Yeah, that's SharePoint still is, uh, you know, is in our purview. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of one of those natural marriages. Yeah. Um, and then our team is just kind of naturally coming into this from that SharePoint side. Um, you know, we have some challenges because, um, a good part of our team is actually, uh, in Bangalore, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, so there, you know, there can, there can be issues in terms of what they can support, um, and where they can support it. Um, but with that, you know, we're finding ways to look at, okay, because we have an environment strategy and we're, you know, we're able to address it by department, Mm -hmm. then we can take those and we can say, all right, well, this area is, is supportable. Uh So, you know, recently started putting into the, um, so just in time access to the environments, you know, and so we do the, you know, eight hours they can go in, um, and they can help support in those areas. Uh And then in the environments where they, they shouldn't have access or can't have access, that's just, just not something there. So we're kind of looking at how does that all, how does that all start to play?
0: How does, What's your rationale for putting that access, that access, or just in time access, is purely for a security measure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: it is, and 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 uh, the idea that also there's, you know, there's an auditability there, mm-hmm. and we're not just leaving something, um, mm-hmm. just something open. Yeah, um, and it's you know it's even something that, from uh, so from even from the onshore uh, um, mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to limit that access yeah. as much as we can where we are. So, yeah, I think it's always just about trying to keep the doors closed as much as you can.
0: Yeah. You mentioned supportability there. At which point does an app go from the rounds of, I created an app to help me in my job, and then I shared it with five people. Now five people, six of us are using it. At which point do you go, do you know what? We're going to have to wrap our arms around this and put a support model because now... This app is moving into the realms of, you know, maybe personal productivity to actually, it's important for the business. We want to make sure that, you know, you don't get the bus effect. Somebody does it, you know, that we have one developer and they're the all knowledge of it. How do you make sure that you don't fall over, as in if an individual leaves <laughs> the organization's built the app? And uh, what's your thinking around that?
1: Yeah, that's, um, so, you know, uh, they always, uh, you, you brought up the bus, um, and the, uh, or the lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, um, you know, early on in my career, I had a, an app thrown over the fence, um, to me and it had very little, uh, documentation mm-hmm. with it. And I called back to our headquarters and I said, uh, um, so can I just talk to the developer mm-hmm. who was working on this so I can get some ideas? They said, yeah, you could, but she just won the $120 million Lotto two weeks ago and we have not seen her since. Yeah. Um so <laughs> I've actually had the uh mm-hmm. the lottery app. Um so we we do I, I do that it's that's always uh kind of front and center of my uh mm-hmm. the, my mind. So we're you know we're we're looking at the COE, we're looking at the reporting there. Um, first of all, to be mm-hmm. able to see, okay, where are these apps? Because you know, they start within the default environment and that yep. that kind of personal productivity side. We do see that. We we are also really fortunate. Um, just about a year and a half ago, we licensed the enterprise um, for the um, per user power app. Right. So unlimited
0: apps it. per person now. Right.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So that that opened up Dataverse. That opened up everything. So now we're able to look at that and mm-hmm. see. Okay. Um, a couple things happen. One is that we'll see when when apps are becoming more critical a Mm -hmm, lot of the mm -hmm, times, mm -hmm. um, is when we start to see DLP violations. Mm -hmm. Um, so we see those, we see those policies that are, um, having problems with saying, okay, I'm trying to use Dataverse," Mm -hmm. And then that very quickly ends up in a conversation and we're able to then guide them. And that's where then we get, that we look at it and we say, okay, so, you know, here's what you're doing. Um, and so we're going to move you into this kind of shared premium environment. Yep. Um yep. and there that's where we want you to kind of work from your own developer environment, mm-hmm. do all your work, and then you know, promote it. So it's a really, really simple um application lifecycle yep. uh, management there. Mm-hmm. Then in you know, also some of those conversations like I was talking about when we have those um those uh those uh, office hour mm-hmm, conversations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that will a lot of time will also kind of reveal okay, this is a group like HR. And we know that we should take HR and we should move them into their own environment. And then Mm -hmm. not only is it their own environment, but now it's their own stack. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's dev test production and that's, you know, so we're working on then bringing the, the ALM story into that, which has been a big challenge. Um, but we're finally across that. Nice. Um, And I think right before, I think a lot of changes are getting ready to happen, but you know, we have that, um, that in place and then we support those people. Um, on that side, I remember one of our biggest apps that, that was kind of our first really big app, mm-hmm. um, was for COVID tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know about it because we didn't have COE in place yet. Yeah. Um, we weren't seeing that. And, um, we were looking at making DLP changes mm-hmm. in order to put in the COE. Mm-mm-mm. And so made had a change request in Thursday night, got that all set up. Move Dataverse out of there. Mm-hmm. Move some of the connectors. Um, Fifteen minutes later, red lights are you know going off and saying, mm-hmm. "Wait, what happened here?" And um, and we found out that oh my gosh, um, they've got a COVID app which is getting ready to go live at eight a.m. tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. We just we just crushed them with you know the DLP change. Yeah. Um, so you know it's kind of one of those first times of like, okay, we really do have to make sure that we're mm-hmm. paying attention. To, to what's happening here because it's so easy to impact someone.
0: So back on that supportability, w- at which point do you go, you know what, we need a FAQ document library for this app. We need to make sure our help desk, do you, do you hand it over to your internal help desk to support it? Or are you, your team, the internal help desk for all apps built on the Power Platform? How do you think about, one, you know, supportability and then ongoing management or or app development you know so it now has its own life it's going to have um, feature requests it's going to have bugs that need to be squashed all that kind of standard stuff when you build software it's now important to the organization how do you make sure these things are all put in place so that you can smoothly handle it you know company-wide
1: yeah, so our our help desk right now doesn't really they all they they just route the tickets for us. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They bring them in, and then we'll assist. Um, but generally, what we what we expect at this point is that the owners of the area and the owners of the app mm-hmm. have taken care of their ability to to manage their users, to manage the issues, um, and to really I, I guess it, really be their own help desk. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when they run into issues, then we're basically their support. Yeah. So we don't, we don't work with their end users. We really, mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, and that's part of it too, is that with IT getting out of the way mm-hmm. um, and letting, you know, this digital transformation happen and have these people be able to do what they want to do. There's also an expectation of, okay, you are the expert in your area. So we expect you to support your app. But we also know that there's also going to be areas where, from a technical standpoint, you're going to run into issues. And so that's where we're really here to help you and to kind of streamline that process. Mm -hmm. We don't have currently a large portfolio um, of apps mm-hmm. within our team, but that is something that we're looking at. You know, at what point do they, does something become like to your point earlier, mission critical? Yeah. Um, and then should it, you know, go into our portfolio and we essentially are the support for it at that time.
0: Mm. So one of my observations are in business is that when a power platform community is established and and a center of excellence is, is installed and you've, you've got your, a power platform lead and things like that is that there's two audience that happen inside the business we'll leave it to one side you have the makers right the people at the coal face. they know their job they know how a bit of technology is going to solve their problem they they you educate them on the technology you start empowering them they get enabled then there's another business group that are you know management leadership layer and they need our solution to do x they don't have makers in their team but they want to come to you and say hey We need an app that does this, this, this. We think the business impact is going to be X, Y, Z. Typically in the past, they would have gone and done a, a market scan for a product that would be fit for purpose. But of course, now you've got all the pop licensed it makes a good business sense to go, do you know what? Let's see if we can do it on the power platform first. Is that a better solution than going to market for another product? How do you handle those scenarios that the business is saying, we need stuff for you to, build. we need you to build something and here's our <laughs> justification for it. But we don't have the people that can, you know, we don't have the makers in our team.
1: Yeah. And then that's, that's still our weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that does happen. And we, we, And we do support those and we do have those kind of, they, they are. And that's why the earlier I was saying, we don't really have the portfolio, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd say it's, it's, we don't, um, we don't have that evolved portfolio that everybody understands. It's not something that we're out there saying, Oh, Hey, you know, come on over, let us build your app for you. Um, Even though I know that that's, that's what we actually, you know, all want to be doing is doing that. And, and uh, so we do, um, you know, we do work with the teams. We have, um, you know, for instance, we actually are getting ready to roll out a kiosk. Mm-hmm. Um, so a touchscreen kiosk that we, you know, built um, in Power Apps um, for one of our edge enterprise computing centers. And it was one of those where, so they, they, they came to me and they said, Hey, we really want to do this. And we talked through it and I said, yeah, I said, that would, that'd be really good, but let's actually also talk to Let's talk to our teams at Microsoft that we, that we work with regularly because Mm -hmm. at that time was a power pages were, you know, kind of just slowly coming up Yep. and, uh, you know, was like, well, would that make more sense
0: Mm -hmm, um, mm
1: -hmm. in power pages? And, you know, we talked to that team and they kind of came back and they're like, well, I don't think that's really the area for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, then it kind of went, it went silent, kind of expecting that we were going to be doing the work for them. And then, then, you know, they pop up on the radar and someone from their team was like, well, I just took the reins and and created it. Mm-hmm. So you know, now that side, now it's a partnership. And I think that's probably we have more partnerships mm-hmm. than we do apps where we just built for them and we and now we're you know the, the holding company for them.
0: Yeah. My last two questions um, will focus on connectors and components because there are two things that, once again, I feel that you know um, that like somebody in your role. Those are two things that you're going to get a lot of requests for. And there's governance, particularly around the connectors. And then there's repeatability around the component, the internal component libraries that you would build. So, first of all, on the connector side, you know, I'm not talking about the connectors that you get out of the box. I'm talking about the custom connectors that you need to plug into some type of system of record data set that you have in bespoke application abc how do you go about because once again a maker is not necessarily going to know how to build a connector not in any you know stretch but they're going to need one right they're going to i need to tap into this data set we have in the organization i know it's there i currently export it to excel and do whatever but i would like to you know and you know have a robust way of doing that how do you handle those connector discussions and then going you know what we're going to build one because there's enough demand in the business now. We're not going to use, you know, copy and paste anymore to get the data from that system and into something that we can transform it with. What's your thoughts?
1: We have a lot of people at Lumen who are really capable with with understanding APIs and kind of like so what that means in terms of the data access and how they work. Um, you know, some of them are actually even responsible for building those internal APIs um, on our side. Awesome. They're the ones that are generally the first to kind of jump at that idea mm-hmm. of, okay, I want to access my, my data through the gateway. Yep. Uh, and we're going to hit it. So, you know, again, back to that idea of, you know, separating the, you know, the personal productivity and then working with them, making sure that, that what they're, they're hitting is not going to be, you know, socks critical, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything like that, that basically shouldn't go out and making sure that, that they're hitting the data and keeping the data where it should be. Um, instead of deciding to like move it over to Dataverse, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that side. So, you know, we, we work with them. They're generally, they're always in their own environment, mm-hmm. um, on those type of things because we find that's also easier to support from that side. And so then, so that's we, it's actually been an easier journey than I expected. And that was one of the biggest, um, Really, catalyst I think for that licensing was that ability to to create those custom connectors and to to reach into our data um, yeah. on that side. So it's been a really good story on um, you know for us, um, and, and I've been you know really excited to see that happen.
0: Nice, nice. Now on the component front, what are, what are the typical? You know where a component's not available out of the box, but you want to do something unique. Do you have many use cases for that, and and how do you manage that?
1: You know, I think so. We're just kind of starting to see that, um, and that that journey is kind of starting to evolve. I think that our our makers um, are becoming more sophisticated, mm-hmm. um, kind of by the day, and I think they're starting to understand that. And I think we've also we we're trying to make sure that we also do identify this idea of okay, what is um. We we have the citizen maker, but or the citizen citizen developer, mm-hmm. um, but then we have the makers um, as well. You know, so we've kind of identified that because we have a we have a pretty large group of people who have transformed what they do at Lumen and are now full time makers.
0: Well, and wow!
1: So those are the people that are now starting to realize, okay, I can I can create these components and I can reuse them, and I are. Our goal next year is to start really trying to pull these together, build that catalog of Mm, those mm, reusable mm. components. Right now, we're trying to show them like the creator toolkit and how to start using that, get them in the idea. But it's, we have, we have a few people who are very aware of creating components and Mm -hmm. reusing components. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people who are just, they're also so focused on what they're trying to deliver. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're not quite, they're not quite there yet. And then part of that also falls, um, on me to make sure that they understand and that that training is there mm-hmm. and then and and then so what's our roadmap to get yeah. there Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be yeah
0: yeah and component extraction you know when you see somebody in the business do something really awesome you know we could turn that into reusable asset to know you know pick pick that out yeah and in the, the organizations of of working with see that similar type thing whether it can be anything from a a rating for how do we rate power apps internally right and you want it consistent and then there's usability the components that organizations want to be consistent, theming, branding, Mm -hmm. et cetera.
1: Well, I was just going to say too on the like uh, like using HR as an mm-hmm. example you know that that's a group that they have looked at that and they they're starting to realize what those reusable components are and, yeah. and in a lot of cases I think it's more almost like you know unit by unit that it's mm-hmm. maybe reusable for mm-hmm. them and then things like the creator kit are things that are reusable for everybody um, yeah. is, is more what I'm seeing at this point but I, I expect that to kind of change
0: nice nice well Andrew it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and I'd like to do a part two sometime next year to see how you're to. going on your journey. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 Guy. Stay safe out there and shoot for the stars.